What's up, family? I am Corindiana Lane, and I do worship. And I am Nazinga Benton, and I do therapy. And together, this is Worship and Therapy. We always, because it's super important, give our disclaimers. As an international worship leader, a parent, a spouse, a friend, and a regular person like everyone else, it's tough to find a place where you can kick back, let your hair down, and just be heard. So we created a platform that focuses on mental health advocacy for not only Christians, but also African-American communities, where we discuss the really tough issues that we all deal with in life. And now, Nzinga will give her disclaimer. I am a licensed professional counselor. However, I am not your counselor, and this does not replace you going to counseling. The things I discuss are things I've researched, things I've experienced, and my personal opinions on the matter. Now, with that being said, let's get into this week's episode. We're excited. This topic this week is who's going to protect me? Okay. Who's going to protect you? Uh-huh. All right. Um, I, know, I know we wanted to kind of start off with just what's going on even in the headlines right now with the Olympic gymnast, Simone Biles, literally mm. protecting her. Yep. She announced that she was either pulling back or she was basically making herself sit down, making herself take a break uh, because some things are going on with her mentally and concerning her mental health. And she decided that I'm going to protect me and make sure that I'm taking care of myself because if I don't protect me, who else will? And that's what it is, the bottom line. So we wanted to kind of just start there like, okay. First of all, when I saw that, I was just like, you know what? That was wonderful. Because I, like, just in my own personal life, my own, I can't imagine having the world on my shoulders and having to make that type of decision. Like, I knew what it was like for me to have a mega church on my shoulders <laughs> and having to say, I cannot serve until I can serve again. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, the, when will I return? I don't know. I, I'm sorry. So really, I cannot imagine her having the weight of the world on her shoulders. Like the like, everybody's expecting her to be like, you know, to continuously represent the United States as she has, like a boss, each and every time that she goes. Like she's the most. They said, I think, I believe they said she's the most decorated, um, in the world. You know what I'm saying? So, for her to just be like, hey, yeah, you know what? Yeah, not doing that. Something's going on, and I'm going to have several seats until I can figure this thing out. And then even in, like, her interviews, you know, she was, like, I mean, she talked even from a place of just, like, yeah, I'll, I'll get back to you. Yeah, I'll let you know. Instead of, like, she could have been feeling the pressure of, like, oh, man, I need to, I'll be there Friday, you know. 
I'll be back on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. But she didn't do that. Like, she was like, yeah, some things going on. And, um, yeah, I'm just going to take it one day at a time. And I'm going to let y'all know. But until then, I'm going to be here. And I'm going to support my team. And I'm going to sit down because, yeah, I'm not doing that. So, so, so freaking commendable, so wonderful, so empowering, so liberating, so hopeful, so, man, I can't even think of another word to even say that that moment felt when I read that. Like, what, like, what did you feel when you saw her take a stance like that? So for me, I was like, yes. Like there was this big yes. Um, and I shared with you when we talked about this because of who she is and what she represents from a world. Like there are not too many people that you can go to who have not heard her name from all generations, from across generations, across cultures, across race. They've heard her name. U.S. Olympics is a big thing, right? Worldwide. So I was like, yes, someone is speaking out for themselves in such a big platform. So my thoughts were, and not that I think this was her intentions, but I'm glad that there is a mouthpiece in this big arena, because this is something that I believe that we've been wanting, or let me say me as a therapist, I have seen and, and have wanted people to stand up for themselves and say, hey, you know what? I need a break mm. before I break. Hmm. And so it brought to my first thought was, this is going to bring light. Like here we are having this conversation. You see this on the news and I, I've even shared with you, we've had some of our, you know, artists, um, secular artists in the culture <laughs> to take breaks because of their mental health. And right. we've heard it, but it's, we've kind of glossed over it. It's like, oh yeah, but here's somebody on this huge platform. Right. So the attention is shifting now. And so I will say there was a part of me that was like, great, now maybe we can have the conversation and people will listen. Yeah. Because so many times we've been trying to have this conversation and people have not been listening. Right, right. And so it opened the door to even like it was, we knew exactly what, what our session, what we were going to talk about today because it's like, right. this is it. This is headline news. And this is in line with what it is that we do and we talk about. And when you were talking, one of the things that came to mind, um, I don't even think I wrote it down when we were talking, but while you, as you were talking, I heard how often do leaders in the church specifically mm -hmm. not lend themselves to allow their mouthpieces, their leaders to take a break? Mm. How many, and, and not that I think that they do it deliberate here again, it goes back to our disclaimer. This is no bashing, but just to enlighten and shed light on how many, cause if you say to some say, Hey, I need a break. Uh-uh, what you need a break for? Jesus right. didn't break, you know, and, and yes, he did. But you know, that's another story <laughs> for another day. A lot but of they will, but, but they will say, you know, well, pray for strength. Let's just pray for strength that God will give you strength to make it through. Well, God gave me common sense and common sense says something ain't right and I need to take a break. Right. right. And so I'm grateful that we can have this conversation and we can talk to one ourselves yeah. and speak for ourselves and then even to our leaders and hopefully influence and impact how they subsequently then see and even themselves. Let's, let's talk about leaders who never take a break, right. who just go, 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 go. And there is a physical and a mental element to our being. 
We are not just these spiritual beings who can go, go, go. We are flesh. Yeah. Flesh gets, if I run around my neighborhood, first of all, I'm not running around my neighborhood. <laughs> I'm going to stop my run. Might make it to the end of the driveway. This body's going to say, girl, what you doing? Yeah. What you, what you, what you, what you. So if I can't do a physical act for an, an extended period of time, and in, some, in this case, not even a short period of time. Right. Why do we think that we can keep going on mentally and emotionally and not taking a moment to refuel, to readdress, to readdress, to kind of readjust and yep. figure it out? So that long answer for that short question, that's what my thoughts were like. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I was think I was I was thinking the same thing. Like it was kind of like a like a thank you, like a like a breath of fresh air, like even for uh, like my niece and our conversation before um, in our preparation, I was telling you that my niece is a gymnast. She's, I believe she's 14 now and she's been training um, as a gymnast. I think she was about seven, I think seven or eight. The last about what years of her life, she's been training as a gymnast. She looks up to a Simone Biles, you know, so when when they, you know, when they were watching the Olympics and they found out that she wasn't competing, you know, at the time, my niece was like, well, what the heck? Like, why would she pull out just because of mental health? You know, like, what does that even mean? You know? mm -hmm. So just even the fact that she was able to ask the question of what does it even mean for you to be it to take a break like that like why did she have to take a break so even that conversation being had as a 14 year old asking her parents what does it mean for her to want to pull out or want to take a break because of mental health even that has already shifted a generation she has all just from that one decision that she made she has already changed the the dialogue of yes this generation of the younger generation like my sister was able to have a conversation with her that she said maybe lasted about an hour of just talking to her about mental health about what it is take care of yourself about what it is make sure that you put yourself first in any arena if you know if you if you do go to the olympics as a gymnast if you are at a place now where now the lines of communication have been open your consciousness has been aware race to it yes. you're more even inclined to even automatically think of yourself first and what you know it, it was just i was like you know what that is just so so dope that now even my my own niece has been impacted by her making that one decision to protect herself i i was saying interview this lady um i guess she might have been like a i don't know if she was a current gymnast or maybe she this in the past but she was being interviewed about Simone they were asking her questions like well you know well why do you think you know she took a break like that what do you think was what's the severity of, of why she did it and the the gymnast that was speaking like she was like well she was like it's very very important when it comes to gymnasts that they're very they're in tune mentally because of the 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 difficulty of their routine uh she said something about i think it was called air awareness 
like because she you know she's flipping in the air i don't know how many times you know she's on bars she's on beam she's you know like she's she has to they said her mental has to be yeah. she has to be very aware of where she is in the air in order for her to land a certain way so that she doesn't hurt herself so if you want to saw i think one of the whatever one she did and she was in the air she was like in there kind of like lost control of her body you know and she like landed like all weird just that alone probably scared the mess out of her you know what i'm saying like oh snaps okay i can't i can't even i can't do this i gotta pull back because she had to be very aware of making sure she protected herself so not even not even when we're talking about protect yourself your mental health as far as your maintenance but what about your mental health when it affects you physically? Mm-hmm. That's like a whole nother thing. So for her, she's affecting herself. I mean, she's protecting herself physically as far as what she does for a living. You know, her body, making sure that when she's doing these routines, she can land properly because her mindset has to be in a certain place. So if we think about it from a, a space of our mental health being affected by what we eat, what our gut health is like, like how mm -hmm. our vitamin mineral intake, our deficiencies and things like that. Again, it's a, it's a, it's a system that has to work hand in hand. So one thing can't be off and you you think your body's just going to move automatically like a robot. That is not the case. <laughs> that is, you know what? And that is so powerful because while you were here again, while you're saying these things, like, I don't know if people are even grasping and, because what I heard in the spiritual yeah. is how important, before we take off in the air, mm -hmm. mm. before we move in the spiritual space, if we are not in alignment mentally to even mm -hmm. hear the direction to go in, we may not only take off at the wrong time, mm. but we may land the wrong way. How important is it <laughs> to be in alignment? Yes. yes. Because I can open my mouth even, you know, we talk about worship and therapy. I can open my mouth as a worship leader. Yep. Not in tune, mm -hmm. mentally all over the place. Mm -hmm. And not only do I infect and affect me, those, because think about it, even thinking about that, like, oh my gosh, what you just said. So if I am, so I think about a gymnast. If if she were to land in an awkward place and, you know, contort her body in a way that causes pain and potentially even something that would be detrimental. Right. Think about the impact on the audience who's watching. Because now that secondhand trauma, mm. when I witness your physical trauma, it is now traumatic to me. If I do the same thing with my mouth and my words, mm. and I am not in tune and aligned in an emotional space, so even when we get in the spiritual space, we can't just say God's gonna do it, God's gonna cover, God's gonna right. God's gonna do what God's gonna do, but He's given us common sense to do some things for ourselves. Right. And if we are not ourselves in alignment, we risk not only landing funny, causing detriment to ourselves but yeah. also causing detriment and trauma to those who are witnessing. Wow. And that part, we wow. have to be so careful 
Wow. Which is what makes her movement so awesome that yeah. she made a decision that shifted and, and helped her, but it also shifted those mm -hmm. people who are watching, those young children like your niece, yeah. right? Though we're having this conversation now, we're talking about the importance of mental health and being able to protect yourself and to say no, right? So yeah. how, look how it has impacted us in a positive wow. way that now we're bringing light to it and all yeah. across the world, because everybody's talking about it. Right, right. Like everybody. Everybody's talking about it. Yeah. So now think about the flip side of that versus the testimony um, perspective. So if we think about it from that perspective, like when we talked before, I think on a previous live, when I just in my journey of, of mental health, when I was dealing with panic attacks, dealing with um, just, you know, out of body type of experiences, my world just upside down, you know, flipped around, just not in my right mind. But when I was brave enough or released by the Holy Spirit to actually release what I have been dealing with on a, on a platform amongst thousands of people, and then find out afterwards that so many people were have been dealing with the same thing. So, or like people come to me saying, "Oh my gosh, I know exactly where you are. I did, you know, I'm I'm this, I'm that, or I've dealt with this, I've dealt with that." Me and my mind wondering at that time, well, why the heck? Why, why was nobody saying you weren't posting nothing? You weren't, you know, so if there was no, no meetings, no forums, no people that I was even serving with, you know, at the time was like, yeah, I know this is, and I'm just like, so we've had, there's been no open dialogue, you know, concerning this. Everybody just isolated in the dark by themselves alone dealing with this. We all sick and we just walk around sick. And no, I'm not going to tell you I'm sick because yeah. I, I don't know. I don't yeah. want you to. I don't want you to know. You might judge me. I'm not going to tell you I'm sick. Right. Like, <laughs> just isolated, nowhere to go, no hope, no nothing. Then you have the people who were coming up to me, crying their eyes out, like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad you said something. I've been waiting on an opportunity to say something. I've been, I've been asking the Lord to send me someone that I can talk to and connect with because it's just nowhere to, to talk about it, just feeling the shame about it, feeling the condemnation about it. Do I really believe? Well, maybe I don't believe because this is happening to me. What? So yeah, the dialogue <laughs> is very important. This platform, even that we have created and we're led to create is very important. It matters. Our mental health matters. The fact that Simone Biles took a stance like that matters, shifted a whole generation upon generation upon generation of people. Like, I don't even think she knows mm -hmm. the, the, the depth of how she's impacted this world at 24 years old to make a decision like that. Man. But you know what I think is, what I think is important, too, to say to you I don't think you know how many generations you have and are impacting because you stood up 
and you said that day and then you're saying even today and you're continuing to say i suffered from this i dealt with anxiety i have had to shift and change things and seek out support and research and pray and you have as well yeah impacted a world and a generation of people because you've stood up because while you were talking again i guess why you keep talking like things just keep today is the nugget dropping day right is that bravery begets bravery mm. and so why and 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 the, the 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 opposite of that fear begets fear and so a lot of people so while you're talking you know you, we talked about people in the church or you know either probably other Olympians and sports figures and stars have been sitting and holding and living in this dark space because fear begets fear. What are people going to say? What is the Twitterverse going to say? What is, you know, black Twitter going to say? What are people going to say? But bravery also begets bravery. Yeah. So when you stand up, see how many people like you did, like when you said it, you felt like you were in this space by yourself. But the moment you stood up right. and shared it, you were, Flooded with people yeah, who were like, oh my gosh, I felt the same way. Oh my gosh, I was asking God for, you know, yeah. to show me a sign, to show me someone. And so now here comes this bravery, mm. planting seeds of bravery among other people to mm. now own, because, you know, we say it is cliche, but it's so true. You know, in order to work a thing, you got to own a thing, right? Mm. And in right. order to work the process, you know, the first step is admitting that you need help right but it is true as much as it is, it is cliche it really is because if you're like you know if you broke your arm and your arm dangling in and everybody's like hey your arm is broken no it's not this is yeah. how it always is. no your arm is broken no no yeah. it, we can't do anything and it, no one can attend to it because you haven't noticed or owned that it's broken right so anybody who touches it or comes no no what you're doing like this is how i always so the same with this like when you owned you standing up and I want to commend you because it, while it's great and we're talking about Simone Biles, you know, and someone who's influenced and impacted the world, I think it's very important and appropriate mm. to say Corinne Deanna Lane has done the same, that she has stood up and the world will know <laughs> that she has stood up as a worship leader, as a Christian believer yep. to say, hey, I love God. Yep. I am called and anointed by God. And I have dealt with anxiety. Deal. That part. Deal. Deal with that part. Because it's still a process. <laughs> process. Process. Deal with. And how many people, like, even, even as we've been doing this, you know, people will chime in and say, I know that's right. I yeah. felt the same way. And there may be a few of you, you know, I get it because it's, text you know you're putting your comments you don't want you might be like i don't want nobody to know that's me i ain't ready yet but i'm, I'm gonna listen let me listen to what they're saying yeah. um but i i believe that people are being set free and mm. and the first start thought i mean the first stop towards being set free from anything is to own that something has me bound yeah yeah and so i i mean i you have been the prime example of protecting you Wow. Who's going to protect Corinne Deanna Lane? Corinne Deanna Lane is going to protect yep. Corinne Deanna. And let me show you how I'm going to do it. Yep. And yep. you're doing it every day. So I just had to say that because we are talking about the great Olympian, Simone Biles, and we honor her for her decision. We don't want to even be shy of that. 
we honor her and we honor those whose names may never been, be called, whose names may never see light of day um, as it relates to the world, but who have made and are making an impact because you're owning yeah. your challenges. And that's what we need more in the church is for yeah. people to, because we walk around, like I said earlier, we walk, I used to say this years ago um, when the uh, Walking Dead was very popular. Yeah. I was like, you know what? That's a great way to sum up the church. Mm, like the walking dead the walking dead Ooh. because we just going about nobody's owning nobody's everybody's just hey how you doing i'm fine i'm blessed and have a favor of the lord and go home and suffer in silence yeah instead of sitting in a space of brotherhood sisterhood yeah and owning it and going before god for each other with each other yeah. we rather continue to act like everything is good and nothing's wrong and yeah. then this is probably going to get me in trouble, but I'm all right. Sit in the seat of judgment mm. for the people who do come up and who do own, I have a problem. Oh, they just not. Oh, God ain't in that. They just said that. And I, I think that's the fear, too. Mm -hmm. That's the fear. That's what brings shame. That's what brings, like, the condemnation or whatever of being able to, because because it's so highly judgmental in that space or in that culture, you know, in the church culture, it doesn't really leave much room for people to have a problem or have an issue because everything is always, well, pray about it, give it to the Lord, you know, all those different cliches. But then you still have people that die of cancer, um, heart attack, all, all kinds of things that happened but then no one no one talks about that part like no one no one talks about when we get to the home going then we just do the eulogy and you know try to patch everybody up with the word over them and but it's like okay well what happened in between that time from the onset until they just, you know, ended up whether they gave up or whatever. What happened in the, you know, in the midst of that? No one ever explains that part. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, that I, and this is my opinion, and and everything that we share out here is our opinion. It is. So just from what we've been exposed to, what we had experienced, there's just, you know, because I wonder. Like when we first started our our first live, when we started doing this, we were talking about the suicidal thoughts and how did we get to the point or how does like a pastor or a minister or a leader in the church get to the point of taking their life? Mm. How does one get that far? And usually that comes with hopelessness when we have lost hope. And when you think about the, oxymoron of losing hope sitting in the church right right um and gina made a comment i want to lift her comment she says there there are times it takes an extraordinary strength and mm. courage to stand in your truth it wow. does and i think what we don't do even going to the suicidal thoughts when i think about preachers and and you know great leaders in the church who have these things and and who have lost hope it takes that that statement that Gina made about it taking an extra extraordinary strength 
It does. And I want to say that I wish it didn't. And the reason why I believe it does is because we often sit in a space that says we are great, we are good, we are perfect. And so it makes it difficult for people to ex ex accept and own their shortcomings. Because shouldn't that be the place where I can stand up boldly and say, hey, guys, I am struggling. And no one look at me and say, but you're a preacher. Like, why are you struggling? Or right. you're a preacher's daughter. Why are you struggling? Or you're a praise and worship leader. Or you're in the church before anybody in the church. You're sister so-and-so. You're deacon so-and-so. You're elder so-and-so. You're evangelist right. so You? Yep. Should we be able to stand in our in our nakedness? Yeah. In our nakedness. And I believe wholeheartedly <laughs> the vulnerability of nakedness, which is what God intended until we sinned. And then vulnerability became ill. Yeah. Because when you think about Adam and Eve, they didn't have on clothes. They didn't become embarrassed until sin entered. So sin, if we really think about the, the what it has done, yeah. we can't even stand in vulnerability in the church right. unless we feel exposed. Yeah. And exposure is frowned upon. Yeah. You go in the back and you get prayed for. You go in the back and you tell right. that story. We're even now, a lot of churches, they don't, when people want to give their testimony, you don't do that anymore. Right. People right. come up to the, okay, um, follow the gentleman or the ladies in red. They'll take you to the back and yeah. they'll take your story. We don't even allow people to expose themselves in the place where exposure should be the most comfortable. Right. Because I think it's, when you say that, I think about, uh, you know, when they do like the open altar call in the service. And let's say, you know, how sometimes they'll get into maybe a prophetic moment and they're, they're calling out things. They're calling out, there's somebody in here that is dealing with a right shoulder, such and such, you know, or it's somebody who they're dealing with whatever, X, Y, Z. Now, God forbid you be on the praise team. You're up there standing behind them and you go to the altar. <laughs> for, shame. for shame, for shame. The shame that comes along with that. I'm just like, wait a minute. Now, which again breeds an environment it fosters that environment that the leadership everyone's all right yeah you know everybody if you're in leadership you must be upper echelon with jesus <laughs> <laughs> and you're like you want to say y'all not still get colds right you know i still get a cold <laughs> right I get belly aches. <laughs> like, let's let's not even get to the big stuff. Let me just, right. you, know, you know I get a cold, right? And I have to go to the doctor and I have to take medicine. Just like you, there is no special. And even like, I know I have some people on here that I see, like, even as clinicians, like, if we even take it out of the secular space, I mean, out of the spiritual space and put it in the secular space, there's this expectation that as a clinician, yeah. you don't, you okay. One of the base principles that I learned when I first started in counseling, every schooling, every everything that I went to, the words were, get you a counselor. Mm. Get you from my undergrad to grad to even my doctoral program. Get you 
a counselor like that is the message but we know that message among ourselves right. and so why not why do we not because the secular space can do certain things and encourage certain things and even though some people are you know still have this expectation that the counselor should be okay yeah when i think about the spiritual space where we can take a snapshot and bring it here is why are leaders and preachers and teachers in the church not saying get you a counselor a counselor <laughs> Get you an account, somebody who you can be accountable to because every preacher, yeah. every pastor, every worship leader should have a preacher and a pastor and a worship leader. Like, I shouldn't be it for me. Yeah. I shouldn't be the be end all be all worship leader. I need a worship leader. Yeah. And that, if I'm, it's like to me, well, if I think about it, that makes sense. If I think about it from the clinician point of view, you're seeing a lot of people on a daily basis. They're dumping a lot of their stuff on you every day, all kinds of stuff. There's no way you should not have a counselor yourself. Like, that doesn't even make sense. There's no way you should hold all of that. Yep. So it's like in the same space that we're talking about it spiritually. We're talking about it as pastors. We're talking about it as worship leaders. Leadership, period. So many people are coming to you and they're dumping their stuff on you. And even yeah. if I think about it from a just straight out spiritual, the amount of weight that you feel when you step into a room as a worshiper, very sensitive to the spirit, and you're sensitive to spiritual things when you're in a room, the amount of weight that you feel, Ooh, like I that. have been in services where I have felt so overwhelmed with grief, um, uh, so overwhelmed with like hurt, brokenheartedness, depression, where you feel that in the room. There's no way I can hold that and not, for one, you have to take it to the, the ultimate counselor. <laughs> Pierce. Most certainly. Right? Now, but that's only if you're trained to do that. That's only if somebody that you report to or that you submit to or that that is your, you know, worship leader of of the worship leader or the, you know, pastor. I don't know. I, I don't know the politics. I don't know the hierarchy, you know, when it comes to that in church settings. I don't know the, the details of that. But it seems like you should have someone that, is maybe more experienced, maybe have done it longer, maybe mm -hmm. knows the ropes, knows how this thing goes, and can say, hey, what do you, okay, are you talking to anybody? Mm -hmm. Are you, mm -hmm. you know, or, hey, whenever you, this is, I didn't really get that type of, that type of guidance until it was, it was already, it was part of just my recovery afterwards. <laughs> it was part of the, hey, come here, come because okay. they've already seen you fall apart, which is so unfortunate that that's how we, many, this has been my experience, let me own that, but that's how many of us move in the church. Yeah, We wait to, so when, going back to even our first episode, when we talked about people committing suicide, we wait, it's then, it's when we're at the funeral or when it has happened, we're like, well, what happened? Right, right. When they could not be their true selves, Right. Lest they be judged by you. 
That's right. what happened. Now, I'm not going to say and blame you because you're not to blame. You know, people right. make decisions for themselves. But let's own why there, why is there no hope right. in the church? There right. is no hope because we sit in the seat of judges right. and we don't give people space and room to be vulnerable, to own that they are not perfect, to own that they are dealing with things. And right. then we don't really... to we don't do enough of equipping our leaders right. to who are hearing that stuff to have an outlet right. so that they don't carry it because it has got, like I would say now past once I got after 10 years, because in my early years of doing this, it was easy for me. Like yeah. I could hear it and I could dump it, hear it, dump it, hear it, dump it. And then something happened. Mm. And I think, long-term time of hearing dumping you know it's just like if somebody scratch on a surface every day like the first few times years days you might not notice that there's a dent because it's a pretty thick wall right. but if they keep scratching on that surface next thing think about pathways that people have made in their yards and in, right. you know in parks because people keep walking in the grass and right. before like right away you don't see anything nothing happens but if they keep walking it becomes a path it becomes right. very obvious and that I can own happened to me. Um, then it, it, I found myself literally getting off of conversations, getting off of getting out of sessions, overwhelmed. Yeah. I'm crying. Yeah. Somebody could say something to me and my feelings are hurt. And I'm like, that's not me. What, 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 what is happening? Oh my God. And I realized. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's go back to this therapist need a therapist thing because. <laughs> Okay. I need an outlet to dump all these things because we become the dumpster for people. And even though you think and you, you tell, so I think about even in the church, you tell, you, we tell ourselves, oh, we're more than equipped. Well, no, here again, it goes back to God is not a magician. Right. He does give us grace to do and to move. And he gives us common sense. I cannot let that go. We're eight. And right. so being in service as a leader, having a leader, the leader should have a leader, should have a leader, should have a leader. No one should be leaderless. Right. It, it shouldn't be like, oh, I just talked to God and he's all I need. Mm. Right. Because you, it's like with that, it's like, yes, that's true. There is truth to that. Yeah, it is. It is. But you have people that are at different stages of their walk. You have people that are new worship leaders or new Mm. even being saved they ain't even been saved that long but have a really strong calling on their life and they're immediately just operating in it but not really aware of the weight that it carries the cost Shoo. the sacrifice and the, yeah. aren't really very equipped yet I guess, yeah, along the way, when you're going through your trials and your tribulations, you have picked up some tools along the way. But how about, it's almost kind of like parenting. If, if I think about, I don't think parenting should stop after, you, after your child leaves the, you know, leaves the house or leaves the nest. You still do a level of parenting as a, to your adult children. So it's kind of the same thing. It's like, yeah, you know a little bit, but you don't know everything. And I've been here 40 years and you've only been here 18 years. 
So you're then you're 21. You've only been here 21 years. Now I've been here 42 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's kind of like that thing. It's like, yes, I'm gonna, you know, you can bounce things off me. You can bring things to me. I can tell you how to how to maneuver and how to do, and kind of dodge it. Let me tell. Oh, let me tell you how to get. Let me and kind of give you the game and kind of school you in a sense, parent you. I love that. So to speak. So at the same time, when it comes to that in leadership, as far as the church is concerned, there has to be something like that in place for everyone that's in leadership that can at least spill over into congregation. Because the people that were even coming to me, coming up to me after my testimony was released, those they were they were congregation people. So I was like, okay, that's 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 really you know so that's really interesting. Because you as a believer was had was you didn't have anywhere to go. And then to say the words, I've been waiting on something. I've been asking the Lord for someone. I've been like really just like pressing into the Father. So like the Lord's like, all right, who can I press into to tell the testimony so she can be all right, you know? <laughs> but it's like, man, like we need to make sure that we establish something in place, some type of, um, I don't know. So, you know what, here, we should, we need to, and I said need, make, and I'm trying to see how, the cry for help, regardless of who you are, okay. Cause we are okay in the church if the congregation cries out for help. We have a problem if the pastor does. Right, and that sucks. We're okay if the person who we don't see often who comes every now, but we got a problem if the worship leader or the musician says, I need help. Right. Because yep. we've been conditioned to think that they should be okay. Right, because they're on the get, You know, and, and if there is, don't get me wrong, there is a level of 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 expectation on a on a call in a space and there also is it or should be a space where i can be vulnerable in that call right you as a worship leader can be vulnerable and experience anxiety in the call it doesn't take away the anointing it doesn't right. take away the call what it does is establishes and allow people to know your humanity because that is something that you can never get rid of as long as you are walking physically the face of this earth the humanity of who we are. Because we are, while we are beings who trust and believe in a spiritual God and we work and operate in this spiritual space, we are humans. Right. All the body breaks down, like you said. And like I said, like we get colds. <laughs> you know, I get sick. Like, oh, I bet you just walk around with Jesus all day. No, I get sick. I get colds, right? I get headaches. <laughs> I mean, I have I have stubbed my toe. I have had shoulder pain. Like I have, I have moments where physically I am not well, and likewise, I have moments where emotionally and mentally I am not well. Yep. I still love God. Yep. I still believe in Him. I can still speak for him, sing for him, stand up for him, all those things he needs me to do. And I still am not well. Yeah. That part. That part. 
And I, at the same time, I can rest as well. I can take a break. I can yes. work on myself, whatever it is that I need to do in that time. And it still doesn't take away from the call on my life. It still doesn't take away the anointing of my life. It still doesn't take away the fact that I am loved. I am God's beloved. He loves me dearly, regardless if, if I'm on the platform leading people in worship or if I'm in my closet worshiping on my own. You know? It's this, you know, it's the same, uh, the same thing. It just doesn't take away from who I am or who he's created me to be. But it I, empowers you. Right. I have to be mindful to protect myself at all costs. Like we talked about before when we were talking about peace. It's like I have to protect me at all costs. I do not care who it is. <laughs> no cares. Because if I can't be here, like literally my husband told me the other day we were walking and he was like, do you realize that I witnessed you check out? I just instantly cried. Like, it's that mm -hmm. part that I will protect me at all costs. I don't care who it is. I like, if I get to a place where I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. It's done. There, yeah, I'm not watching that anymore. Done. Yeah, I'm not eating that anymore. Done. Like, mm -hmm. and I think that is, that is how we have to be. That's how we, we should be. It would be great if we all felt that way. Even if, and here's the part that may ruffle some feathers. Even if I have to sit down and leave your church mm -hmm. because I have to protect me. Because right. going back even to some of our leaders who will put us in places and say, well, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. Well, if I know I'm not all right, I got to sit down. Right. Lest I harm myself and your congregation. Right. I think you made a statement when we were talking. You said, infect the people oh, yeah. or you affect them by bowing out yeah so what am i gonna do so am i gonna stay up in front and sing preach pray do all these things when i myself am, am infected so i'm going to infect them with all this stuff that i'm dealing with because that's what because what's in us is what comes out so if I'm in a space of depression, even though I may be singing something that doesn't say it, but what's spiritually connected to me, what I am dealing with is depression. So I am risking infecting the folks for whom I'm speaking to, singing to, preaching to, praying for. I risk that or I sit down and affect them for the better because I said I'm I was the Simone Biles in the church. Right. And said, you know, because look how many people she has affected. Yep. yep. She has affected hundreds of people, your niece being one, like little girls who are now having conversations with their parents and little boys who are having conversations and 
fam mothers and sons and daughters and grandparents and you know all of these people having conversations now because she sat down but she could have just like the even the physical um, um analogy that i gave earlier if she was if she maintained this state knowing that she was mentally not in a great space she risked infecting herself and infecting those who watched her if she failed to mm -hmm. her detriment infecting them with trauma yep because it is more traumatizing to watch somebody i mean i've seen it you know yeah. when we've seen olympics or things and people make a t wrong turn and the yeah. foot goes here and that yeah. is traumatizing yeah and so we 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 run a greater risk when we get up ill yeah I run a greater risk. I mean, even when I think about COVID, right? Of course, we're tired of talking about it. But when I think about that, I'm, if I'm infected and I go out and speak and I go out and talk and I go out and do this, I run a great risk of infecting everybody that I came across. Absolutely. But if I say my tail at home, mm -hmm. because I'm not physically well, so let's think about the same thing emotionally. If I'm not emotionally well and I stay at home and I get the help and support I need, I need then I save y'all and mm, me. Mm, mm. How good. many people are being saved? That's good. Versus how many people are being harmed mm. because we've not made it okay to not be okay. So you got, I, I posted something years ago and I reposted <laughs> it because I said I thought it was worth a repost. When glass is broken, mm. when we break something, we are very careful with how we pick up glass usually like if you drop a glass and it shatters you usually right. will take a broom or something right, right. You, put some, you go put your shoes on <laughs> you tell you me you it back up. Up. <laughs> so you're going to be very careful around it the same way we should be around broken people mm. and what i posted well and i think this was like 2012 i don't even know i, I don't know what conversation i was having and it came to me lest we harm ourselves because I protect myself from broken glass so that I don't get cut. But we are putting broken people out in front of folks and wondering why people are bleeding. We do it every day. And we're wondering why folks, well, why is this happening? Why is that? Because you keep putting broken folk in front of people. And mm -hmm. the only thing that broken glass can do is cut folks as they don't even know they need to be protected from it because you have not owned that the person is broken. Mm. Or giving them, because we so, a lot of times, like you said, that there are things that were happening. You knew something was not right. You knew something was off. Right. You knew, you, but you couldn't put your finger on it, and there was nobody to come say, hey, baby. Yeah. I think you might be broken. I think there's some things going on. Right, right. And, and that's the unfortunate part of the church, is that it's not until people start bleeding all around us. Right, right. <laughs> Or, or we start bleeding ourselves. Everybody's like, well, what's wrong? Yeah. Yeah. But let's make it a place of vulnerability where I can own my brokenness. And one, you can let, you can let me sit down. Yeah. Two, you can sow into me. You can minister into me. You can connect me with the right people from a mental health train standpoint. A spirit. Train me. Train me. Teach me that, hey, like I said, like when I started my program, every single day it was said to us, get a therapist, get a therapist, get a therapist, get a, 
they were like, do not become a therapist and not get a therapist. Because if you don't, and I see mine tomorrow at 9.30 a.m., and that's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, the therapist has a therapist. Yeah. And so train, going back to what you train, and even training our people and teaching our people, because some people are in arms about, up in arms about Simone Biles' decision. There's right. some people who don't understand it. Right, right. Who think that, you know, she let down her team. How right. could she do that? Oh, my, she's so selfish. Right, right, right. So because I decided to save my life mm. and not risk my life and even you being a, a side, like a person who witnesses trauma then subsequently causes you trauma because I decided not to do that because I decided to protect me which subsequently protects you I'm selfish mm. Mm. okay and that's what we've been doing we've been doing it in the church we've been doing it in the world yeah but that sheds a lot of light I mean that that it really shows where I stand or where people stand with you and 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 that's important to know <laughs> yep Good point. <laughs> it's hard for me to know that if something's going on with me and your stance on it, your take on it, it sheds light on that true heart, true uh, intent, your true motive behind me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That I, myself as a person, or you as your, yourself, didn't matter for who you are as a person. It was more about what you could do for me yep. or what oh, you could do for the world. Ah, which speaks to the heart of the world, the that, corruption of the world. Volumes. That speaks, that speaks to our African-American community. That speaks to our music entertainment industry. Mm. Our artists, our athletes, all of those industries it speaks because the moment that they cannot that the moment that they expose their humanity they are shamed they lose money yes they oh, lose speaking. they lose you speaking because they're treated as a meal ticket or treated, you know, treated as property of mm. who? Property of who? The world? <laughs> property of who? Like. Yeah, you, you, you just said a mouthful there. You just said a mouthful. Our airways are so very corrupt because everybody is bleeding out on their songs. Yes! 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 That part. That part. It's the broken glass. That We're part. The broken glass and our airways. Yep. And it subsequently is impacting us because broke. Just like fear begets fear, strength begets strength, yep. brokenness 
against brokenness. And we're walking over the glass. Here, girl. <laughs> that part. Ooh, but wait, we're walking over the glass that we didn't know was there. We didn't know it was glass. There's glass on the floor. Mm -hmm. And we're just walking. Those cuts are supposed to happen. Those scars are supposed to happen because that's part of the process. It's supposed, this is what's making me who I am. It's supposed, we have accepted brokenness. Hmm. I get so I cringe now when I hear this and this is in the the music industry and just the industry period when people say you know I'll sleep later yeah you will six feet under because you have been conditioned back to what you that this is the walk that to be harmed to fit because to keep moving 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 and not taking a break that has nowhere in any biology course and then when you talk to any medical doctor will tell you that that is okay nowhere sleep is what generates strength strength sleep is where the body starts to repair itself from its day yep and we sit up and say no we just gotta keep going i just gotta keep going from the industry to the church to the whatever people like i gotta keep going I raise my hand, my family can tell you I have been guilty of that. Like, oh, if I don't, if I'm not moving, if I'm not doing anything, things are not happening. Until I got tripped up and realized, no, because if you keep doing and don't relax, something really is gonna happen and you are gonna be good for no one and nothing. Nothing. Sit your hind parts down. <laughs> Take care of you. Sit in a moment. Let someone speak to you. Let someone soak into you. Pour out. And let someone pour into you. Yeah. That part. Yeah. Look, y'all just need an expectation because the Lord is just, you know, he's just moving. There's, there's, there's a shift happening in the earth realm. And we have answered the call of one of the shifts. And I'm just excited about it. And I'm excited to be alive in this time. I'm excited to to be as bold as this in this time because I know me, I would not have never done this. <laughs> so I know I am operating in another, just, I'm in another space, okay? So yeah, I'm excited. Please uh, keep us in your prayers because this is a tall order and um, we don't take it lightly. We, we know that the moment that we opened up our mouths that uh, the enemy is not happy with that. And I mean, it just gives me great joy uh, to just put them on notice that we're confronting you and you are defeated. So, dude, you can't yep. tell me you've had many opportunities. I know in my life you did. Yep. <laughs> Plenty of opportunities. And the Lord, we win. Don't touch my people. All right. So love y'all so much. See you next week.